We now know why the board of BC Housing was removed and replaced a year ago. As a result of a forensic investigation, we know that there were serious conflicts of interest involving the CEO of BC Housing, despite rules supposedly being in place to prevent all of that. Now, a year ago, the minister in charge of BC Housing was now Premier David Eby, and he joins us to talk about the investigation and what has happened. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. So when did you first realize this is going to be a continuing problem? Because it is a continuing problem, right? There's more to come on this? Yeah, there, there is more to come. Uh, we are uh, in the middle of the work, I guess, is how I would describe it. BC Housing's in a better place. Uh, they have a new board, a new CEO, a new acting CFO, uh, and uh, they're focused on our goal of delivering housing, and they're delivering housing faster and more of it. Uh, the challenge uh, remains with Atira, uh, which is the other part of this story. Uh, and uh, the, the big piece, obviously, is uh, our need to have a full picture of the financial situation at Atira. I'm glad to see that they're agreeing to uh, open their books and allow government in to have a full review through third parties to be able to have that assurance. Um, but anyone reading that report knows that things have to change over there. Uh, when you enter into agreements with government to do certain things and not do other things, you got to honor those agreements. You got to follow those rules, and that's uh, that's not what happened. And so uh, I'm a little disturbed to see uh, their press release uh, today that uh, that says that things don't need to change because uh, they do. Do you wish that you had acted sooner in your role when you were the housing minister? Well, you know, it's, uh, it was one of the first uh, things I did was direct a review of BC Housing. Uh, when I came on, there were uh, uh, some challenges, frankly, between uh, BC Housing feeling that at the time, the senior administration feeling that the demands from government for particular accounts were too bureaucratic, were slowing th- things down. Uh, from the government side, there was concern that BC Housing wasn't adequately prepared with the information government needed. Uh, and... Uh, the need for a review was very obvious to me. There was also the issue of the Little Mountain uh, development where the previous government had uh, sold off some social housing to a private developer and the affordable housing that had been promised hadn't been delivered for about a decade. And and when I finally uh, had a chance to review that contract, I, I saw there were no safeguards in place and I worried that there wasn't anything that would prevent our government from being in a similar uh, situation, although obviously for different policy reasons. And so for all those reasons that I brought in the third-party review, I, I'll, I'll speak candidly. I certainly never expected the briefing that I got after they were done the review, which was that there was a systematic and large-scale effort by the then CEO to avoid the conflict of interest rules and direct contracts to his wife's firm. Uh, that was uh, certainly a profound concern to me and led to the forensic investigation that we're talking about right now. Why not then say all this a year ago when you removed the BC Housing Board? You said it was just a time for change, but why not talk about this then? Uh, when I would, so there are two reports. The first report um, was the one that uncovered the information from BC Housing senior employees and the text messages and so on that led to the forensic investigation. And this is the time period we're talking about. Uh, when I was briefed uh, by Ernst & Young, Uh, through the public service about these concerns, I was told that confidentiality was critically important. And the reason for that was uh, their recommendation was a forensic investigation uh, to a standard that we could rely on their findings. Uh, The Comptroller General's office within government was involved. 
the work was assembling a team in Toronto, a forensic team that specializes in this kind of investigative work to come and seize phones, uh, laptops, uh, mirror databases, preserve documents. And uh, I was told confidentiality was important to ensure that those records would be available. And in fact, uh, some of those concerns turned out to be grounded uh, as the investigators found that text messages had been deleted by both the CEO and the CFO, despite clear instructions uh, not to. Uh, in terms of the board itself, uh, there was a lot of speculation that I had removed the board because the board members themselves had done something wrong. Uh, that they had been fired in most people's understanding. When you're fired, it's because you did something wrong. These are hardworking uh, people, experts in housing. There was a gap between me and the board in terms of how uh, serious we felt the information was. I thought the CEO needed to be removed, uh, either fired or placed on leave. They felt the information was too preliminary. Uh, People of good faith can have disagreements about that. But there was, I just want to underline that there was no wrongdoing on the part of those board members. Uh, and uh, it, we did need a board, though, to come in and do some heavy lifting around restructuring BC Housing, and getting them back on track. Do you think they're getting back on track? Yeah, we've had the new board in place now for almost a year. Uh, key recommendations from the uh, investigations and reports have been implemented. Others are underway. Uh, BC Housing has more housing uh, opening up faster. Uh, they're delivering uh, for British Columbians the way that we expect and... Uh, in compliance with the rules, uh, which is absolutely <laughs> what needs to happen. Uh, and so they're in a better place. I, uh, I am concerned uh, that Atira is not quite there yet. Uh, we are uh, going to have to do significant more work uh, with them. But um, with that said, I just want to send a message to those people who are in Atira managed buildings that, uh, that may be listening. You know, your housing is not at risk. Government will make sure uh, that you are protected through this process to the staff, the frontline staff at Atira that are delivering services. We need you to keep delivering those services. Um, But we have, of course, uh, uh, frozen any new programs or uh, funding for Atira until uh, we're in a place where we're satisfied with where that organization is. Well, what does that look like? Will you be asking for changes at the top of Atira? Yeah, the, uh, we've communicated as government uh, and the BC Housing Board uh, to Atira our belief that there is a need for a change in leadership at Atira because of, frankly, uh, the disappointing response to what certainly I see as a crisis of government confidence in that organization um, and their willingness to follow the basic rules of the agreements that they enter into with us um, and uh, unfortunately, their press release uh, does not inspire confidence in me that that shift has taken place. In fact, it says that uh, that they have total confidence in how things have been going at Atira. Um, anyone reading the report would not have that confidence. They, anyone reading the report uh, would believe that things have to change over there. And so uh, our key work is... Uh, Uh, They have committed to opening their books so that government uh, can come in, uh, do that extensive uh, auditing work uh, to make sure we're tracking every single dollar. Uh, And uh, we're going to do that work and uh, and continue to um, uh, this freeze on any additional programs uh, for them uh, and uh, the inspections and the compliance audits of their programs uh, until we're satisfied with what's happening over there. What do you say to people who say, you know what, government should have done something sooner, this should have been obvious this was happening, that, there, that the government wasn't on top of this. Well, uh, you know, I, I have some empathy 
for that perspective, I think there's a responsibility on the part of government uh, generally uh, to ensure that the rules are being followed and, and we took the steps necessary for that to happen. Anytime this, something like this happens within government, I know it's a blow to public confidence uh, and the only way to restore that confidence is to um, be as transparent as possible about what we know about the steps that we're taking and how we're moving forward, which is why, you know, for the first time in 30 years, uh, we used a, provi- a section of the law that allows us to release a forensic investigation report like this in its entirety uh, so that people can read the full report. They can understand everything that we do, that there aren't big pages blacked out or something like that. Uh, and that's an important part of restoring this trust. Uh, and uh, we know uh, that uh, housing is critically important. This is a crisis uh, being faced across the province. We can't slow down. We have to uh, continue doing this work. Yesterday, a difficult day, but part of that work, because uh, while we desperately need housing, we also need it to be delivered in a way that uh, where people who are delivering it are following the rules, are uh, being transparent about their work. And that is not what was happening in BC Housing. Premier Eby, thank you very much for your time this morning. Thanks for having me.